Well, stories, I believe, are more than just entertainment. It's a form of uh, connection and community. Everybody relates to a story. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Voices of Sikakwan. My name is Hannah Flora and I am here in Studio 2 at KFSK with Kari Peterson of the Petersburg Public Library. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Um, and we make up part of the team but behind Voices of Sikakwan, um, but we're actually going to skip introductions for now um, because we have a lot that we want to get to today. Kari, can you tell us what we're going to be listening to? Yeah, I sat down with Jeanette Ness to talk about the name Seat Kakwan and the story behind that name and where it came from. Many of you have probably heard of the Seat Kakwan dancers. They're a dance group based here in Petersburg. Um, Seat Kakwan doesn't have anything to do with Sitka, correct? No. no. Different places. Sounds the same, not related. Yes. So we're going to get to that conversation with you and Jeanette Ness. So what is today? Today is, we should start there. Today is February 26th. January 26th. January, thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs> January 26th, 2022, and I'm here at KFSK with Jeanette Ness. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, Jeanette? I'm Jeanette Ness. I'm of the Clinkett tribe. I my moiety I'm a raven and um I was born and raised here in Petersburg, so I've been here forever. Okay. Um we were here today, we wanted to talk about um the naming of Sitkaquan. So at one of our Payak meetings we had talked about naming the show Voices of Seat Kakwan. And you had mentioned that Seat Kakwan is the name, and, and you had the history of where that came from, and that it came from this potlatch in 1990. It actually came before that. Um, we, a group of us, um, decided to um, start a dance group, and this was just prior to the potlatch. Okay. And and we invited Ruth Demert over, and she taught us songs and dances and gave us permission. And we decided um, to go ahead and have a potlatch because we had not ever seen one here in Petersburg. And while um, we were planning that and trying to figure out what we should name our dance group, um, there were some elders that were here talking to us about the potlatch and and the dance group. And Ruth Demert, um, George Bennett of Sitka, another gentleman from Sitka, and I just can't recall his name, and um, 
they told us a little bit about the history of Petersburg as far as Devil's Thumb and the people coming to Petersburg. And we asked, well, what should we name our dance group? And they said, well, this is Sitka Kwan, or Petersburg is Sitka. Sitka. And uh, Kwan is place. So that's how that evolved. They just were very... There was no hesitation at all. They just said, "Well, this is Sitka." Okay. And uh, and is there a is there a translation for Sitka? That well, I, when we were um, talking about what it meant, I can't recall what the real. There was a little bit of discussion, but it came down to this was a place of fast-moving waters. Okay. And that's what we were told. You know, it was. People yeah. by fast-moving waters. People by the fast-moving waters, uh-huh. which would be likely the Narrows. Right, huh? yeah, the Narrows. The, the crazy tides mm-hmm. in the Narrows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. So I do have to start with this. Can you tell me what a potlatch is? Because this is funny when I talk to people outside of the show <clears throat> who weren't here in 1990. They're like, it was a potlatch? Are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't this? And they asked me, and I'm like, no, she said potlatch. <laughs> it really, um, we called it a potlatch. A potlatch is a celebration, uh, or um, it normally happens when um, someone at a tribe passes, and the family has an obligation, or um so how the, there's a balance of the eagles and the ravens. So if a raven had passed away, it's the eagle's responsibility or obligation to hold these ceremonies for for that person. Okay. And that's how that happens. And um, and then the family will have a potlatch to thank that opposite. Okay. Try or and, yeah, and so it really was a ceremony, a memorial to honor those who helped with the passing of your loved ones, and that's really what the potlatch is. So in a sense, it really wasn't a potlatch; it was more of a gathering okay. of of the people. We were celebrating who we were, and we just called it the potlatch. Okay. Um. But the, uh, technically, a, a potlatch is. Um, is more of a ceremony, a big celebration, and sometimes um, those potlatches can take years. This gathering that happened in 1990 was a big deal. It was a very big deal. I'm. I was looking at these photos and um, all the different communities in yes. Southeast were represented. Yes. Yes. And we'll get to that when we look at the photos. But uh-huh. I also noticed there was. It looked like what? Um, yeah, um, it really evolved um, with the JOM programs with our local. I was on the JOM committee. Um, this is Hannah, and I just wanted to jump in to note that the JOM program refers to the Johnson O'Malley Education Program, which works to meet the specialized needs of Alaska Native and American Indian students. I was on the JOM committee, and uh, um, really wanted to bring the Klinka culture to Petersburg and really wanted to just 
recognize that the culture here, that um, something that my children could identify with. Yeah. And so at the JOM, I remember we it was like the very beginning of the school year, we discussed how can we do this, and we came up with, with why don't we invite other JOM um, communities, and we can hold this big celebration, this big potlatch, and have the dancers come in. And um, we started planning back in, in, in September. The event happened um, sometime in mid-March. I can't remember when, but it was in March. And so we had all those months of planning, the logistics, and um, I remember like the last three weeks before it happened, we were meeting daily, and sometimes the committees were meeting, you know, twice daily. I mean, it was yeah. an enormous... An enormous and undertaking. It really was an enormous... And, and we were learning an awful lot because... Um, locally, we really didn't have other experiences, other potlatches or, you know, the, the yeah. sub-event to, to grow on or to, you know, to use that. So um, it was quite a learning experience and quite a, oh, my goodness, I just can't, you know, all the work that was involved with it and just all the details. And it was so exciting because we had instructors come in. Um, yeah. Austin Hammond came in. He told stories. Um, Ricky McBeasley from Juno came in, and they were teaching art. Um, Nathan Jackson was teaching dance, and Ruth Demert was also singing song and dance that would go to the school and um, have these different classes. I know there were other instructors, and I just can't recall all of them right now, but there were several of them that came in. And as word got a around... Um, more and more um, of the JOM communities that the dancers wanted to be a part of it. And so it it was just growing and growing and growing and started off to be a small little, what we thought was going to be a small event, and it turned out to be a huge celebration. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what was the experience like for you, you for, know, and for others in the community? For... Um, it, it was an awakening. Um, we didn't really know what to expect um, from the community because it was just something new. Um, there was excitement, um, I think, not just from the Native community, but others who are interested in the culture. Yeah. And um, I think it, it was just an... an, an People were very, very excited while this was happening and realizing and seeing the, the dances, the regalia. I think they were just awed, like everyone else, by the richness of, of yeah. everything. And um, overall, it was a wonderful experience for the community. And the kids and the kids at the school were so excited and they were so... I think that was the best part of seeing how they just grabbed on to everything, just, you know, processed everything, and wow, this is, you know, because they weren't really aware of that. And yeah. so um, I, I think that was the best part, is that the kids learned a lot and that they 
we're learning the acceptance that, oh, gosh, there yeah. is something else out there. So why do you think the name Sitka, the name of the area, wasn't common knowledge? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Native community just, um, we just never talked about it, you know? And, uh, and that was the other thing about the potlatch. It really did start conversation, you know, among everyone and, and memories. You know, we used yeah. to do this, and, and I think we just sort of got away from some, you know, yeah. just because of this is history. And, um, but the people coming from other areas knew. They knew, yeah. And it was common knowledge in at some time yeah yeah to them yeah but we really didn't know and I mean um, yeah we just did not know uh, we did talk to some of the elders uh, um, but I think part of that was why they weren't aware of the name because they I, I honestly think it just went back to the time when their their culture was denied them. Yeah. And they just did not speak of it. Okay. And um, I just remember meeting with Marie at some point, and, uh, several times actually, and some of the other elders, Leonard Skeek, um, uh, Jonas Hollingstead, and uh, I remember years, years back talking with Gertrude Lyons about it and um, there was just a hesitancy to to give out information because like I said before you know, my mom yeah. really didn't want that hurt to to pass on. pass on and so I think a lot of it was had to do with that Trying to protect you the from, the, right. from the prejudice. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's just my experience of when yeah. we were. Uh, I learned so much becoming the dance leader and learning, because I tried to learn as much as I could so I could um, just share with everyone else. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it just was an ongoing process. and. You know, you, you yeah. meet with them. Okay, come on now, come on. You have to take it and oh, so um, that it's to draw the information to draw out. the information out, and, and until they gain that that trust, I guess. Yeah, you know, to feel yeah. real comfortable with you, and um, just that lack of trust with with everyone. Yeah, not just you know afraid for what the consequences would exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what you're telling me, that knowledge wasn't in books. It was passed down orally from people, mm -hmm. and that's what you were running up against. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad that you per persevered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did knowing the name of your home change the way you felt about living here, about your place here, about the connection to your ancestors? When we had the potlatch, I remember 
standing there for the grand entrance of, of all the dancers. And I remember standing there at the gym with uh, Ronell Beardsley and I. Um, we had all the, the drummers lined up, uh, you know, um, and then the dancers would walk between them. And they started off drumming very, very softly, and as the dancers came in, it became louder. And I just remember when they were doing that, all a flood of emotions of, oh my gosh, this, you know, this is ha actually came to fruition. It's actually happening. And as the dancers were coming in, I remember that huge sense of pride of these are my people, yeah. you know. And um, it, it was just so overwhelming for me. And um, it was who I, uh, you know, it's who I am. Yeah. And that after that, uh, you know, we really got um, um, the dancers really were energized by the whole thing. So this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah. You know, that experience of, oh, this is what it's all about. And that brought it home for them. Brought, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. did they participate or were they watching yes. your dancers? Oh, no. The, we were all participating. The dancers oh, were all participating. Yes. And the kids, again, I mean, um, they just were so excited. And, you know, all the months of of, of making regalia and, and yeah. why, you know. But once they saw others out there, the kids, I mean, the kids, they just naturally, yeah. you know. And um, it was just, it was really an amazing experience. experience. Jeanette also brought some photo albums to share with me during our conversation. And in them, she had documented the potlatch in full for generations to come. We looked at them together, and we're going to play just a bit for you now. The whole conversation can be found at www.psglib.org. Well, do you want to start with this one, just so we go in order? Sure. Is this, because I was noticing as I looked through these, mm -hmm. that there seems to be, like, you got this all in chronological order. Yeah, yeah this was the classroom uh, with Mick and Rick Beasley showing their masks. The, you know. And these masks are, wow. Yeah. yeah. You open your, your photographs with these mm -hmm. huge masks. So that's, like, the size of the... Mm -hmm. It's probably the size of half the size of his torso. Oh yeah, yeah. And big, yeah, they're they're teal, and they uh -huh. have a big. It looks like octopus. Yeah, they try. Um, they use the traditional colors. Yeah. So, and they have hair. Uh huh. One has long hair, and then one has a mustache, and one has octopus yes. stripes across its face. Mm -hmm. So they're telling the story of what the masks were about. So we've talked about where Voices of Seed Kukwong comes from. Now we wanted to explore the tagline, Stories are good medicine for us all. The line was pulled from a letter that was written in support of the grant for this show, the grant um, that the library applied for in partnership with the Petersburg Indigenous Awareness Committee and KFSK. 
Diane Benson wrote the letter, and she talks about how stories are great medicine for us all. So I wanted to sit down with Diane and talk about what that means to her. And just a heads up, someone's phone starts buzzing partway through. We really wanted to include this audio anyway. I'm here with um, Diane Benson, who is the Petersburg Indigenous Awareness Chair. And we wanted to talk about where the tagline for our show, Voices of Sitkaquan, came from. The tagline actually um, reads, sharing our stories is good medicine for us all. And we pulled it out of the letter that Diane had written um, in support of the grant that we got to produce this show. And so we wanted to talk about that today. Well, stories, I believe, are more than just entertainment. It's a form of uh, connection and community. Everybody relates to a story, which, of course, is how young people get started uh, being fascinated by story. I remember um, getting up to the microphone at a kuih in Sitka, and everyone was having a good time eating, and so there was lots of joy and laughter, and people were just talking and uh, visiting. And I got up to the microphone in all of this, and it's a very full hall, the A&B Hall, and said, Raven, walking along a beach. And the room went quiet, and everybody turned their head, elders and kids alike, and then they just listened to the story and were completely focused on it and happy. Uh, it was a wonderful experience because I was so fully aware of the exchange between t myself telling the story and them receiving it yeah. and that gift that they gave back in that joy that it was so reciprocal. And I realized then that that is who we are. That is our, that is the best part of the beingness of being not only Tlingit, but being human. Yes. That we share a story as a way of connection and, uh, and really, it's, it's so magical to me because to me, a story being told and expressed by someone is a sharing. It's a very real sharing and exchange because you're responding to them and they're responding to you. And that's very different from like a film, which I work in film. I've done plenty of work in film, but and I and I don't mind that, but it's not the same thing. Yes. My favorite thing is being in that kind of moment with story. And it's alive because it's literally in that moment. And radio actually works more effectively than, say, like film or something in that way. Because radio, we connect with part, the people we know, other people in the community. Mm -hmm. Or we get to know somebody because of what they've shared on the radio. And we can have exchange on radio in yeah. live time that 
you don't again have with film uh, and things like that so the that's I think that's the heart of it it is that is what makes it good medicine in addition a lot of people are isolated uh, too often or miss their own you know like yeah. sometimes you're not where your family is your tribe is or or whatever and and so you you crave that or you have that yearning and to be able to hear someone tell a story or share of that you relate to on the radio brings it closer to home than if you watched it perhaps um, on a television yeah. um, th and that's useful but it's because you're connected to the community or you have that chance of yes. seeing that person and then you can build that relationship and those are the things that make it uh, so important and so significant and really in my mind so magical yes well thank you for first of all for writing the letter of support for this that it was an amazing letter where you expressed these views and you summed it up in that line do you want to read that line for us? What sharing our stories is great medicine for all of us. Yes. Thank you, Diane. Hi, this is Avery Herman Sakamoto, and I'm the audio producer for Voices of Sitka Kwan. And I'm here in Studio 2 with Hannah Floor. Hi, Avery. And we are here in Studio 2 recording a segment we call Elsewhere in Sikakwan, which is where we announce Indigenous-centered PSAs. And Avery, you have a couple. I do. The monthly meeting of the Petersburg Indian Association Tribal Council has been postponed until Monday, February 14th at 5 p.m. The Tribal Council election results will still be canvassed on February 7th at 5 p.m. And we have one other big PSA, which is that the Sitka Festival is happening next week. It starts next Thursday on the 10th of February. And that's something that you've been working really hard on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? I do. So the Sitka Festival is an indigenous festival dedicated towards cultural awareness and uplifting the indigenous people of Sitka Kwan. And there are workshops and different kinds of events? There are. So um, there's... For instance, intro to Tlingit with Lance Twitchell and Nay Brown of Gold Bell Heritage Foundation. So a her uh, language class. Yeah. And um, as well as other classes like intro to beating with Eva Rowan from Cloak. Exciting. Is the registration open? Registration is open as of yesterday. Exciting. And where can people go to sign up? The um, Petersburg Public Library website. PSGLIV.org. Okay. Excellent. Well, I am very excited about that. Thank you, Avery. Gonna teach Hannah. Voices of Sika Kwan is recorded and produced on Hlinket Ani, the historical homeland of the Hlinket people, but also the current homeland and the land that holds their future. Thank you for joining us for Voices of Sika Kwan. This show is a collaboration between the Petersburg Indigenous Awareness Committee, K-12 
KFSK Community Radio and the Petersburg Public Library. It is made possible in part by a grant from the Institute of Museum and Library Services and the Alaska State Libraries, Archives, and Museums. It is also made possible by the generosity of our participants, including the volunteers on our content committee. We thank them for their enthusiasm and dedication. To participate in Voices of Sitkakwan, contact Kari Peterson at the Petersburg Public Library. Archives of past shows can also be found on the library website, as well as on Spotify and Apple Media. Gunakchish. Hey, 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 hey.